Hey guys, it's Pastor Chris, KJ, here with you for the second episode of Table Talk. We are so excited for this series. Um, today we're going to be talking about The Chosen, but this is not all we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff, but uh, The Chosen Season 3 is brand new. Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it yet, you better go watch it because we're about to talk about some stuff. Here we go. Uh, favorite scene on episode one and two? Man, this uh, this is really hard. Uh, this season, I, I feel like we've been waiting on it for so long that I didn't know what to expect. Um, so you've got Jesus' servant on the mount, which I was already excited for, and it was so good. I, I loved it. I loved how they had all the, they had a ton of people there on set, ready to go, chilling in the cold. I, I watched some of the behind the scenes stuff. That part was cool. Um, when we when we did the um, video at our church, they had some trailers and some things, and so I loved the trailers. Yeah. Uh, Matt Marr did a, a new song that he just absolutely killed it on. Like every part of the presentation was awesome. Um, favorite scene in episode one behind the Sermon on the Mount. I love the Sermon on the mm -hmm. Mount, but my favorite scene was the uh, reconciliation between Matthew and his father. Yeah. Um, they they came out right out the gate, y'all. So spoiler alert, they came right out the gate with the most gut wrenching, like fight between his dad and him. Yeah. That I was like broke. I was a wreck. I was bawling, <laughs> guys. We watched it twice, like Wednesday and then a Friday, and I was losing it both times about the the just brokenness that Matthew had to feel. Uh, the rejection of his family to be a tax collector was not viewed as, as an awesome thing in those days. He was basically disowned by his dad and broken. He lost everything. And after he came to Jesus, so they, they fast-forwarded to everything. And, and as Jesus is speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, um, goodness, uh, I may start crying now just thinking about it. But <laughs> this, this show is awesome, y'all. But Matthew says, I heard him say, um, these words, and he was kind of the scribe for it as he was helping Jesus prepare. Uh, so he was writing it down, but he said when he spoke them, uh, his mother, Mary, uh, Jesus' mother came and talked to him, and she said, what do you think? How, how is it? And he's like, oh man, the weight and the power behind the words. It's like, I, I knew what he was going to say, but now that he's saying it, there's so much more power behind it. And the thing that stuck with him was that if you have anything, uh, any offense against a brother or sister before you leave your sacrifice, drop it there at the altar and go make it right. And so he, he took that as, I need to go make things right with my dad. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know what he was going to face. He didn't know how dad was going to respond, uh, but he just wanted to make things right. And, and the scene that um, followed was so masterfully done. Like the, the guys, all of the actors, uh, the, the father, uh, Matthew, uh, his mom, nailed it by far the absolute best I've ever seen. Pacing-wise, yeah. acting-wise, emotion, they captured all of it. And my favorite part is where Matthew has had this nervous tick to where he's always wiping his hands or he's always got this cloth, like this fidget. And the moment that he received forgiveness from his father and then he gave forgiveness to his mother and father, he put the cloth down and actually embraced them and, and held them without worrying about germs or, or nervous tick or anything. It was yeah. just... One billion percent my favorite scene in episode one. What about you? 
Yeah. Uh, uh, mine's probably the sermon. Uh, the sermon on the mount. Like uh, there was a part where on each of them it kind of rested on them about what he was talking about, yeah. and you could tell they were processing and thinking. Uh, yeah. I, I think that was cool too. Um, uh, favorite scene in episode two. Is the the healing one in episode two? Yeah. I don't know what's cool. Yeah. Uh, we we like the healing scene, but I I think what what Christy and I were talking about. Um, my favorite scene in episode two is when he sent them out. Yeah. And they and right. they started having all the and questions. The yeah. yeah. That was awesome. And, and and so when we read it, I was reading it the other day, and it just says that he sent them out and they went. Mm. And what what they color in the scene is so much more realistic. Guys, listen. Yeah. I love your Bible, and as they they say, and I will say. Please read this throughout the process. It does not replace your Bible. But we're getting the stories, the, the highlight reel, not every encounter that happens. And so it was very believable for humans to say, I've never preached before. I don't know how to do it. Will we die? They were asking all the hard questions. And I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you, chosen team, for capturing the reality of the moment. When Jesus calls us to do hard things, we have questions. And the beauty of it was, is Jesus answered those questions. He didn't glaze over it and say, everything is going to be fine. He, yeah. he talked them through it, and he allowed them to voice their questions. And it was the best scene ever. Once again, man, the chosen team crushed it on episodes one and two they are available now they have a brand new app we're going to talk about that in a minute but um but those had to be my top two favorite scenes in the episode yeah. um what about you episode two uh are probably you... when they send him out yeah yeah the, the sending yeah. It, it just goodness man <laughs> so good so good okay uh other highlights oh this one's gonna be fun but um there's there's two two Roman guys on the show. Uh, so episode one, I'll talk about the first one. And then episode two, I'll talk about the second one. But episode one, uh, the first Roman that that I, I love to think about to see how, where he fits in the story is Gaius. Mm. And so there's a Roman named Gaius that um, is kind of higher tier now. He was promoted in the last season, I believe. But he was in charge of Matthew. And uh, when Matthew would run his booth, he would open it up and kind of be the guard there effectively. Mm -hmm. But throughout the entire time, this this Gaius character has had uh, a fatherly caring for Matthew. He's concerned about him. He wants to make sure that he's doing the right thing. And, and he, he was kind of broken when Matthew told him that my father told me that he has no son. And so Gaius cares a whole lot more than, than anybody gives a Roman credit. So I don't know if he's one of the centurions we'll read about in scriptures that his servant is healed. I don't know if he's the centurion that at Jesus's death will come to accept Jesus Christ and, and believe that he was Messiah. I'm not sure where he fits in, but I, I really like Gaius. He is not he is not the normal Roman uh, centurion that's looking out to hurt people. Uh, there was a scene where after the Sermon on the Mount, the refugees come into the city and, and instead of going around, like one of the guys that's with him starts like, um, kind of attacking and just kind of saying some, some rough stuff to the people and kind of rallying them up. And guy says, Hey, we're not doing that. Like, let them be kind of like move along. And so he's very different than, than the normal Roman. So that's episode one for me. That that's a, a highlight. Episode two for me is a guy, um, uh, what, um, oh goodness. Um, who's, who's the bad Roman? What's his name? Oh, uh, like the leader, kind of? Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, I can't think of his name, but anyways, there's there's the the boss of the city, and I really like him, even though he's bad. He's just a good actor, really really good guy. Um, he's the bald haired one, uh, but he's the boss. Oh, Quintus. Quintus, Quintus is his name. Is there, yeah. And so Quintus only referred to this guy as the Cohortes, Roman Cohortes. So it's uh, Cohortes Urbanae. Um, they are a team of Roman guys that are sent from Rome to investigate the Zealots. And so he's been following the Zealot, um, uh, Simon the Zealot, throughout this entire time, kind of in the shadows, observing. He thought he was going to stop him from killing somebody in, in one of the last seasons. Uh, but this guy is, is super, like, you know, like he's like the spy, right? Like he's hidden. He he's smart. He's tactical. Um, just super cool. But his name is Atticus, Atticus Emilius. And so, after he, Atticus and Gaius, go to the Sermon on the Mount, he's asking all the questions that I think the audience are. It's like it's so cool the way he does. It. He's like, "Hey, so what'd you think?" And Gaius is like quiet the entire night. He's like, "Yeah, me too." <laughs> like his humor, his his you know direction and all that. And so him and Gaius uh, go to Quintus, and Quintus is losing his mind. One of the funniest scenes in the entire episode. Yeah. Um, they, for lack of a better word, y'all, they have poop in their water, and Quintus is losing it, and he's threatening to kill this dude unless he fixes it, and and. Um, uh, Atticus comes in and he is not poli- or not playing the political polished game of like hell Quintus or anything like that. He's like, I think he gets it. You get it? You understand? Like, go. Like, he's just messing with him. He's like, hey man, how's it going? Good to see you. And he's clearly ticked off and not acting himself. And the interesting thing, um, Atticus is another guy that I'm, I'm questioning what the Lord is going to do with this guy because yeah. he's not operating like a regular Roman. He's not operating yeah. like a regular bad guy. He, he clearly heard what Jesus said. Um, he's processing it and thinking it through. But as he's talking to Quintus, he's calling out of Quintus strategies that I feel like, man, if nothing else, y'all, God is using him to shift. So they started saying um, they got to kick out all the refugees, kick them all out use force if you have to and Atticus says well what if you just redraw the lines and collect tax so he's appealing to his leader nature of you can make money off this situation just let them be don't hurt them don't do anything bad redraw the city boundaries say they're in the city and make them pay tax and so it's like let them be but also gain something out of it so he's playing to his leader nature and then he starts seeding things in throughout the conversation to make Quintus think that he came up the idea but he's kind of calling the shots. It was just so wild of how he's shifting the situation and, and how Quintus and the others are like listening to him. So it's like God is doing something there. Mm-hmm. And then later on, he meets with uh, Simon the Zealot in secret, like showing that he's had the opportunity the entire time to kill him if he wanted to, but he doesn't. Yeah. And he's kind of like, do what you're going to do, man. Like you're, you're not the same one that you were. You're not the, you're not the same guy. And so it was just super cool. Like, so those are my favorite two highlights that are not in the normal narrative. What about you? Probably the same. Yeah. It it just, it rocked me. I was like, this is so cool. Um, one little bit of, of, um, critique, I guess I have for it is some of the pacing in the first two episodes I thought were a little slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's because they tried to make them theatrical first and, and it just kind of fizzled, but um, this is not, like, not going to be popular, but this is my opinion. Um, I know that it's real, so anytime you get young men and women together, there's going to 
there's going to be times that they, um, like the guys are like, oh, I love her. The girls are like, I love him. And so they had a lot of that in there, which I get. Guys, listen, it's real. But I felt like those were the slower moments. Those were a little bit more cheese, a little slower. And so the pacing wasn't as good there. Plus, it was a little bit cringy. But let's be real. If you're not, if you're married, it's kind of cringy. If you're not married, it's kind of cringy. It's like, it's just the way that it works. And then uh, Peter and his wife, Eden, um, you know, they are married. Scriptures tell us Peter that was married. Scripture tell us that uh, his mother-in-law was there, which we saw in the last season. She's prayed for and healed by Jesus. And so that's all in scripture. But they're wanting to start a family. And and so they have some um, critical moments in their discussion around it. And so while I thought it was slower, it was good to call out uh, in the sense that uh, real life is happening for the disciples. And the cause to follow Jesus is shifting that. And they have to choose. Do I pick Jesus or do I pick family? And that's something that everybody has to go with. So even though I think those were the slower moments and, and I could have lived without I know that they're real and I know they minister to somebody. And so I thought it was valuable to, to add story to that. So that was my only thing that, that I thought was a, a different highlight that wasn't super fan of. Uh, so, you know, for those of you that are watching it with your families, um, nothing bad is shown. And for the most part with kids, it's probably going to go over their heads. Um, for the older ones, uh, the teenagers, they're going to be like, ah, oh, this is cringe, you know, like, uh, but, but it was real life and it does happen and they, you know, they do deal with that stuff. So that was my only thing. Any, anything that you would call out aside from pacing? No. I, I felt so. like pacing was a little bit slow in times, yeah. but, but not too bad. Yeah. All right. Next one. Controversy. Oh, this one, this one's hard. So, um. The only controversial thing that I grabbed in the entire thing was you have to understand, uh, and, and, and I'm sure Dallas and the team get these questions all the time, like people say that they're Mormon or Jehovah's Witness and all the above. First off, he's a Christian, but because he's a Christian that's trying to tell a story that uh, I think in their mind, they're trying not to defend, offend the Baptists, they're trying not to offend the Pentecostals, they're trying not to offend the Catholics, and everybody who calls this show beautiful because mm-hmm. it's telling the story of Jesus, um, they, they're trying to write a middle road approach to theology. And so if you followed me and our church anytime, uh, you know that we're charismatic, you know that we believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and we believe in healings and miracles and all of the things the scriptures tell us will happen in the last days. I believe them. And so you may not want to watch the rest of this. I don't know. I, I hope that you would be willing to listen. But um, they they have been dealing so far with the healings as script, uh, described in the scriptures, in the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I hope they go into Acts. But every time that Jesus encountered a person that needed ministry, he ministered to them and the demons were cast out. The healing was done. The miracle happened. All of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, um, you know, the thing that, that I struggled with is there was a scene and we knew it was coming because um, Dallas even said that the actor that they um, hired or, or cast as uh, Little James, um, so you have James the Greater, James the Less, uh, Little James specifically, um, it, he, he had a handicap. And so they said, you know, at some point we're going to have to address he has a handicap. We're not hiding it. What will Jesus say about his handicap? And so there's a scene after Jesus commissions them and, and, and tells them they're going to be sent out uh, two by two and, and all the instructions there. Um, he comes out and he says, you know, I, I got to ask, why, why am I not healed? 
And and while I believe they handled it beautifully, I feel like it was an answer as it pertained to today's answers in today's day and age in theology, mm-hmm. not Jesus's day and age in theology. And so, um, you know, not, I'm not, you know, hey, no harm, no foul. I don't know what I would have done if I was directing it. Um, but, you know, my, my opinion was that Jesus would heal and, and Jesus yeah. would do it immediately and Jesus would do it right then and there. And the unresolved nature that I sensed in not only the actor, but also the character that he was playing was that he left unresolved. It's the only time that I've seen Jesus speak in a moment uh, where we didn't leave and the person didn't leave like, oh my goodness, I don't know what just happened. Am I in a movie or am I in real life? You know, like it was so like real for them that for this character to walk away, honestly, his whole facial demeanor and, and, and emotion seemed like he knew it wasn't resolved and he wasn't happy with the answer. And so they could have done that for a reason, just to see the realness. Um, and, and, and hey, y'all, I'm, I'm right here with you. There have been times that I've seen people in my own life that have needed healing from Jesus and didn't receive their miracle on this side of heaven. And so I'm not claiming to have all the answers. All I'm saying is that when Jesus was present in the scriptures, each of the situations that we see, people were healed. Now, one of the situations that I was thinking of um, in the leper, uh, the 10 lepers, um, they were healed as they went. And, and so, you know, I'll, I'll you know, uh, see that, that, that those instances uh, might have happened. And there might have been a number of those instances that was a, a procedural or process thing where they were healed as they went. I, I get all that. But um, because it's in the heart and mind of God to heal, I believe that, that he will heal. And so we don't dictate when and where and how. Totally in agreement with all of that, y'all. Uh, but I, I don't want, uh, I didn't want to convey to my kids and, and to uh, us that, that the father is unwilling in any way, shape, shape or form. And so we talked about the scene. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that their character and the story writing was saying that he was unwilling. The way that they worded it is that God wanted to use um, his um, handicap or disability in order to further the gospel, which I do believe is biblical. Um, we see that with Paul, where the Lord allowed him to continue to have um, uh, the the uh, thing in his flesh that continued working against him, and he didn't find relief from it. And so, um, so do I think it was scriptural? Yes. Do I still feel like there was a little bit of today's world, like we, like we in America, we in the Western world, are not familiar as much as the Eastern world with uh, miracle signs and wonders right then and there, yes. And so I felt like they were having a hard time. What do we do? Will we instantly heal him knowing that the actor may or may not still walk with their disability? And how do we speak to that? Or do we say that God wants to use his disability to further the gospel? Um, I, I think they had to weigh with all that. And so that that was a bit controversial for me. But to that point... Um, I think it's something that people can walk through and, and, and understand better throughout the, the series because there's going to be seven. And so we're going to have all kinds of hard questions. And so uh, that's one that we're chewing on a bit just because of what we've seen God do, uh, what we know God can do, what we know scripture says, and what we've seen in our own life. He's a God who heals and he heals everyone every time. Mm-hmm. Now, timing and the method in which he does it, that's not for me. That's not for him. It's not for any of us. That's for him. And so um, the questions that you may say, well, what about so-and-so? They weren't healed. That's not a question for Chris. That's a question for Jesus. And so as long as we're willing to understand that he gets to deal with all the hard questions and we get to be faithful and we get to operate in faith, 
um, that that's what that's what we operate here at Abide. And so uh, I hope that that dialogue blesses you. We're obviously willing to have more conversation about it. Uh, we're willing to share scripture. We're willing to receive scripture. So if you have questions and, and ways that, that God has shown you, uh, if anything, we want this to be an open dialogue. That's why it's table talk. We sit around our tables, have a meal, whatever, and we talk about the hard stuff. And so I appreciated the chosen at the very least asking the hard questions and not being afraid to talk it out and, and to share all all perspectives. And, and that's what we thought was important. Yeah. What about you? Anything? Uh, uh, anything you were unsettled with? I think that was the only real thing that only, bothered me. Only real thing, yeah. All right. Last one. Character growth. Character growth. Um, the two, well, there's probably more, but the two highlights, the biggest changes that I noticed were Matthew, mm -hmm. which I keep talking about Matthew, but they really did a good job with him. Yeah. Uh, Matthew's character growth. Um, and then I would say probably Pete, Simon Peter's character growth. He's a lot less aggressive in these first two episodes than he was in the previous. Yeah. And so I already see God like softening him. Um, he's still kind of operating in the mode of leader, which we know that it's kind of like weird for, for some of the disciples and they're kind of bickering or they were in the last seasons, but they're seeming to accept his leadership more now than before. Mm -hmm. and, and even in the commissioning, remember where he was like, against my better judgment, I'm going to nominate so-and-so. But then he also received the feedback of my, uh, Matthew saying, I don't want to do that. And then they nominated Judas. Um, ooh, let me, let me step back on Judas a little bit. So character growth, Matthew and Peter, for sure. Controversy, Judas. Everyone I see, y'all listen, this is going to hurt for some people, but everyone that I have heard and seen talk about Judas are like, how dare they make him a likable guy? How dare they give him a story? And it's like, wait a second. You think that this bad guy was bad from the get-go, did bad things from the get-go, and Jesus didn't know? Like, that's just crazy. Yeah. I think the story that they are helping us put together on Judas is far more believable. Why? Because good, good people get distracted and persuaded by the enemy all the time. We hear the voice of the Lord, we hear the voice of the enemy, and we have to choose what we do. And he was trapped and caught in a moment where he allowed the enemy to speak louder than the Lord. And, and here's the other gotcha that, that I've always thought about in scripture is um, Peter denied Jesus too. Yeah. And no one ever says, oh, Peter, so bad. He did all these bad things. Peter denied Jesus three times. Even after Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. He's like, no, I won't, right? Mm -hmm. And not only did he do it, but in the scriptures, he did it in a way that I, I would I would say is his old character with aggression. He cursed. He said bad words in front of the girl. Like, and like, I don't know him, blah, 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 blah. You know, like no one ever talks about that, but they only want to harp on Judas. And what I appreciated about this is we're seeing a tenderhearted guy that made the same mistake that any of us would make. And the difference between Judas and Peter is that Judas allowed what many of us allow, depression, anxiety, fear, doubt, worry, get the best of him, and he thought it was better to take his life than to receive forgiveness. Jesus was willing to offer forgiveness to both Judas and Peter. I hands down believe it, but Peter was the only one that was positioned in a way that allowed it to happen. We have to partner with the Lord too. He wants us to say, all right, Lord, I repent. 
forgive me for what I've done. And he's always willing to forgive us. And I have no doubt in my mind that that same forgiveness could have been extended to Judas, but he took his life first. And so, you know, this is hard. This is hard for people that that know people that um, have committed suicide and have taken their life and have been believers uh, or have been professing Christians. And they're like, where did they go? Well, once again, I'm going to submit to you. That's not an answer that Chris can answer. That's not an answer that Hezekiah can answer. That's an answer for Jesus and Jesus alone. And we should stop trying to, to label and place blame. Uh, another label we, we talk about is Doubting Thomas. Everything in the, the series so far doesn't show me at all that he doubts. It shows me that he's a real human being with real emotions and, and real uh, answers and thoughts and things like that, just like everybody else. And that's what I think is beautiful about it. We get to see the human side of the disciples. They weren't just yes men. Mm-hmm. They, they had conflicts and they had things they had to work out just like us. So it humanizes them too. And then we also get to see Jesus laugh. We get to see Jesus, you know, where he's grieved. We get to see Jesus explain things. And, and, and I just, I love it. I can't say enough good about this series because they ask the hard questions. They deal with real emotions and, and, and they cause us to ponder on scriptures. And there's nothing better that I can think of than to say, you know what? I'm going to pull out my Bible because I need to read this and I need to ask God more questions and I need to talk to him more because there's more in here than what I'm seeing on the screen. So God answer these questions. And I love it. I think that's what the series should be about. It should get us to turn to the scriptures. It should get us to ask these questions. And so um, hands down, guys, I can't say enough good about it. The one thing I wanted to make sure we did uh, before we do like a a little uh, last minute kind of question thing, but um, I want to make sure that you guys know they do have a new website. It's called New. Uh, Let me read it for you. We'll also probably put it at the bottom of the screen, but their new website is new.thechosen.tv. They also have a brand new app. And so when you download the app, you're able to stream it, uh, the episodes for free. They're available now. Hopefully hopefully you haven't watched this entire thing and, and you haven't seen the episodes. Uh, we said spoiler alert at the beginning a couple times. So hopefully hopefully you, you were watching this afterwards. But if you're not, uh, you can download the app on your Apple TV or on your iPhone and stream it to your TV. Um, we might even be able to help with tech support if you have some issues, but, um, and we're not paid by them in any way, but, um, but it's just so good that that's how we've done it. We download the app, they give you notifications, they let you know when the next episodes are coming out, which there is one on Christmas Day. Come on, somebody. We are excited for that. Uh, so episode three of season three, they said will drop on Christmas Day, which is super cool. Uh, so make sure you grab the app or the website. I think they also put it on YouTube. So follow oh, yeah. follow all the chosen things. It's on their website, uh, new.thechosen.tv. Um, and then there's also some gifts. There's like some cool hoodies and, and shirts and stuff that you can get um, to share the good news. And people ask, hey, what's that about? What are, what are the fish? What's what's the teal fish versus the white fish? All the good stuff. And so um, I encourage you to grab up the new website and the app. They said that their old app will keep all of the old seasons, but the new app allows them to do uh, more with the new season as well as they have the new... Um, donations. And so they partnered with the Come and See Foundation that you can now give a donation um, and and do it with um, a nonprofit. And so you get some taxable write-offs and whatnot there. And so I, I think it's cool. We are very much a fan of this. We are very much a fan of the way that they're telling the gospel and getting people to talk about Jesus. Uh, and so I think it's awesome. I know they're going to be translating in different languages. And so y'all, this, this is 
the good news and any way we can help talk about it, promote it, give to it, we should as as believers getting the message of Jesus Christ out. Um, the last thing I'm going to say, this is a little bit of a shameless plug for Abide, but if you are in Oklahoma City and you want to come and, and visit, we will have a Sunday morning church service, 1030. Uh, the address is 3100 North Meridian Avenue in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73112. Uh, but our service will be at 1030. We're going to take communion together. We're going to tell the story of Jesus, a simple gospel message. Uh, but we just want to love on people on Christmas. And so if you'd like someone to, somewhere to go to, come to Abide. You can also check us out online at abideokc.com. We do live stream as well. But uh, we're going to have church service. We're going to tell the story of Jesus. And, and we're going to just kind of spread the love of Christ this holiday season. So um, I guess that's a wrap for episode two of Table Talk. We're probably going to accelerate these more. And we're obviously going to talk about more things other than the chosen. Mm. Um, but uh, let us know if you have any questions, any dialogue you want to have around uh, this episode or the previous episode. Um, the highlights that we've shared so far. If you see an episode and you have questions, we'll watch it again. We love it that much, and we'll we'll have that dialogue with you. But please ask questions, and if you'd like, submit some questions that you'd like to see in future episodes, and we'll take those and we'll answer that hard stuff. But this is what we mean by table talk. We want to ask the hard questions. We want to do it in a loving way. We want to look to the scripture first and say, what does the Bible say about your question? And then what can we glean from how the Holy Spirit is leading us through? So um, hope this blessed you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Stay tuned for episode three.